When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 130. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm not, I don't know. I just don't know how to answer that. Like, I'm doing fine. It's just another day. It's another day in paradise. I'm living the dream, Matt. So that's how I'm doing. How are you doing? Are you, wait, how many times did you sneeze before getting on the air? Less sneezing today. Wow. Okay. Yes. What happened? What's the, what's the difference? I had a bunch of vitamin C there, over that, the last see, two days. That was the control group. We figured it in the control group. I don't understand what I'm talking about. Um, that's that's the the, 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 the the variable that we were looking to isolate. Vitamin C. You were vitamin C deficient. Done. Yes, that is it. So if you're not following along and wondering what the heck are they talking about, well, on the post-game show on – what is tonight? Wednesday. So on Monday night's game, I said, Meh, I sneeze a lot. Not feeling so hot. Then yesterday, again, I, I was feeling a little bit better, but still sneezing. Today, no more sneezing. We're doing pretty solid. And uh, if you're not a patron, you should definitely think about joining and uh, being a patron at Eyes on Isles. Nope, not eyesonisles.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. There, there we go. We have too much things to plug, Mitch. I get confused sometimes. Oh, I hear you, man. I get confused by the simplest of things. It's ridiculous how I tried to say trade deadline the other day and I went draft deadline and someone looked at me like I was an idiot because that's not a thing. <laughs> that's quite all right, Mitch. How are you doing? We already answered that. Let's keep let's get into the games. Let's content. Let's get into the Isles content right well, now. What I meant more was, do you have an addition for us? Uh, there we go. That was my uh, that was yes. a bad job of queuing. So we are episode 130 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So we'll take a player who's played X number of games, in this case, X number of games over 100. And man, this is a standard amazing podcast that we're having right now. It's just fumbling over our words left, right, and center. Let me <clears throat> start over. <clears throat> oh, another slap. There we go. It is the 130th edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast, and after at, at, for every episode, we will take a player who's played X number of games for the Islanders, where X is a number over 100, in this case, 30. And the player I'm taking is Dmitry Nabokov, the other Nabokov. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. All right, great. So as we do with every episode, we uh, dedicate it to a player who's played a number of games for the Islanders at some point within the Islanders franchise history. Uh, and at the end of the show, or near the end of the show, just before our social segment, we'll get into three questions about the, the, the certain player, in this case, Dmitry Nabokov. So uh, get your what Nabokov hat on and uh, try to think of anything you can think of about Dmitry Nabokov. Me and Dmitry are tight, so I'm excited for this. You must be very fluent in Russian. Yeah, I, I'm a big Russian guy. Anyway, Mitch, the Islanders have played four games since we last talked, and they've played pretty well over that four-game stretch. They are 3-1 and one in their wins. In their three wins, they have scored 15 goals. And in their one loss, they only scored one goal. But 3-1 and one over your last four and two 
division wins and back-to-back nights, pretty solid. It was a very solid. Like it's not even just that there were there were division games because the New York Rangers and New, York, New Jersey Devils are division games as well. It's who they were playing within that division. We're talking about in back-to-back nights the Washington Capitals, division leader and and up till recently league leader in points. And the Philadelphia Flyers, who had won, I think, four games in a row before playing the Islanders, maybe even five. They were definitely on a hot streak going into this game. And they were definitely, you know, climbing up the standings, which is something the Islanders have to worry about, which is why it was so important for the Islanders to come away with those four points in those two games. Absolutely. So big, big old eight points in the standings when you think about it for the Islanders, metaphorical eight points, that is. Um, and that was it was a huge week for them because not only did they win those games, but they scored in bunches. Like you mentioned, they scored 16 goals across four games. That's an average of four per game. That's insane for the Islanders who'd score, you know, 0.5 goals per game. It's insane. It's like Barry Trotz decided, you know what, guys, we can still play defense and score. Put your scoring boots on. Let's go. Yeah, it seems. I mean, for the most part, it's worked. You've allowed three goals in each of those games, which is about average. Yeah, you'd like that to be a little bit lower. And on the average in those four games they have, simply because they... Oh, wait, no, no, because they had... They didn't. I did the wrong law of averages. I was thinking of the Islanders only scoring the one or letting up the one goal against Tampa when it was very much the opposite. So they've literally scored or allowed three goals against in all four games. So you would definitely like that to be a little bit lower. Yeah, if you want to go back even further in their last five games, they've allowed exactly three goals. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. They need to they need to do uh, better there. Uh, but but they, we know they can. We know they have that in them. We know they can set up defensively. Uh, so if they're now scoring and they can figure out the defense, great. Because like Barry Trotz said when he took the job over, uh, you can't necessarily teach offense. They have offense, meaning they, the Islanders. I don't need to teach them that. I don't need to worry about that. But they don't have defense, and you can teach that. So he can probably teach them again how to play defense. I would certainly think so. And obviously we know that Adam Pellick is a big loss for that defensive unit, and they've kind of been in a transition trying to figure that out. And frankly, they've kind of struggled defensively trying to figure it out without Adam Pellick, but that is still something that they're going to have to uh, work on going forward here is right now the offense is clicking defensively and in net not so much not so much uh but room f- obviously there's room for improvement but not much like a, a marginal improvement in the defense and and, and goaltending would be a, a dramatic improvement for the islanders it, all, all it needs to do is just just a bit just shave off one goal and this changes everything is really how you look at it this way yeah absolutely and right now it just seems that Every single mistake the Islanders make is maximized or, or, you know, looked at under a microscope because the Islanders goalies aren't, you know, bailing out their guys as much as they did in past, like last year or even earlier this year. Neither Grice nor uh, Semyon Varlamov are playing particularly well right now. That That's exactly it. Like, I, I can think of the Tampa game uh, where uh, Carter Verhage scored the game-winning goal. And he just walked into the slot. I have my eyes closed. I know you, listener, can't see me, but I'm just saying this for Matt. My eyes are closed. I'm not falling asleep. I'm just playing the memory back in my head again. And I can see Carter Verhage just walking into the slot. Jordan Eberle pointing to someone to say, like, go get this guy. But there's no one there. Just a simple, dumb mistake that you shouldn't be making at this level specifically because you've played now a year and a half in this system. You know that that's your guy. You know you should be getting that guy. And if it's not Everly, it should be someone else. Like, that spot shouldn't be open. They limit that, and they, they, they probably maybe not win this game, but at least take a point out of Tampa. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. A marginal improvement will go a long way for this team. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely something that you're going to want to look at throughout this stretch. Still have, I mean, a ton of games left this month. You have Nashville tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday. So on Thursday, you have Nashville. Then on Saturday, you're in Vegas, in Arizona on Monday, in Colorado next Wednesday. It's a lot of games in a week. 
There's a lot of games, and those are all road games. There's a lot, a lot of action coming our way. Uh, and well, it's starting to wrap up, right? We have another month and a half plus a couple of games in April. Like it's starting to wrap up here, uh, and the Islanders need to play above 500 just to keep treading, tre- like treading water in the division, is what they need to do. Yeah, pretty much. Because like one of the biggest themes over the last few episodes was how strong the Metropolitan is and how there's such little room for error. But right now, like we said, if they just continue to play a little bit over 500, your early season success has kind of set you up for, you know, sustaining a your playoff chances. Yeah. What helps is they've only lost one game in regulation so far. True. So very true. this month, this month. Right. And pretty much ever since the All-Star break, they have been a lot better. Exactly. Uh, so if you want our comments on these games immediately after they happen, you have to sign up to our patron page. So it's patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, where for five bucks a month, you'll get a post-game podcast after every single New York Islanders game. You'll get a weekly mailbag show, which we will be recording after this podcast. And you get a weekly newsletter. On top of just daily content that we post on the patron page, there's a poll that just went up today. There's a poll that went up yesterday. And there's a vibrant community of, of Islanders fans ready and willing to discuss Islanders hockey at all times. So for five bucks a month, patreon.com slash eyes on Isles, sign up today. Absolutely. So let's get into our first longer topic of the evening and talk about Kiefer Bellows getting the call up. So last time we talked, we knew Kiefer Bellows was getting called up, but we weren't sure what was going to happen, Mitch. How was he going to you know perform? And... Something that we should hit on, obviously, is early on, his first game picks up a point. Second game picks up a couple of goals. So, to me, let's start there and start with the positives. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know if there's a lot of negatives, but sure, yes, absolutely. Make this as positive as possible. Um, he came in and it immediately injected life into that third line. And not just by his own play. And he wasn't, like, dragging them around the ice. It seemed that him being there and just the mere presence of Kiefer Bellows on that third line lifted everyone's spirits. Like, his youthful energy rubbed off on Michael Del Cole, who is still young, by the way, and and, uh, Derek Broussard. Both of them just kind of decided, we're going to start playing. And it was insane to see them play um, against, uh, sorry, the Kings, was it? In game one? Or was it Tampa game one? For uh, Bellows? Yes. So he picked up the point against Dallas and then the two goals against L.A. Right, right. Sorry, right. And then he didn't do anything against Tampa, and then he gets scratched against. Correct. Right, sorry, Dallas, of course, forgetting. Um, Yeah, he just brings that third life to life. Sorry, that third line to life, which is something the Islanders have been looking for for weeks now. Right, and then they tried different things. Well, let's put Kuhnhockel there. Let's put Johnston out there. No, they just needed Kiefer Bellows and or, or someone with offensive talent, and it worked. Yeah, well, he, he, they tried Josh Bailey down on that line even a little bit as a as a center, and that wasn't necessarily working out either. So I think it's more they needed someone who has uh, a scoring presence. Yeah, well, see, it seems that Derek Broussard needs someone with. Uh, finishing ability, maybe not finishing ability, because it's not only about production for the third line. It was really just accountability. They needed to play, and they needed to look like they were trying out there. Uh, obviously, lo- lo- trying is, is dramatic a little bit, but they needed to... Um, how's the word, What's the word I'm looking for here? They needed to show a sign of life on the ice, and they weren't doing that uh, until Kiefer Bellow showed up. He's strong along the boards, plays with the short stick. All these things that we've heard Barry Trotz say and that we've said during the postgame uh, shows as well. Uh, just Kiefer Bellows did all the simple things right, which is exactly what that third line needed. Just someone to come in and do the job and do it well. That's it. That's all they needed, which is ridiculous when you think about it. Because they, they couldn't get a, a what four or five-year professional in Tom Kunakle to do that. They needed the rookie to come in and do it. Right, and... I mean, the impact was definitely made right away. Like we said, uh, in Michael Del Cole's goal in the Dallas game, that was a huge play from Kiefer Bellows to keep the puck in the zone. You know, he was strong on the boards, like we talked about, and then he had the presence of mind to, you know, send the puck, you know, back in the right direction. Broussard gets it, or no? Maybe it was the was it the Broussard goal or the Del Cole goal? 
I don't know. They were talking about literally over a week ago. I have a hard time remembering what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Right. The point of the matter is, I know for a fact that Kiefer Bellows was able to keep the puck in the zone. It was strong. And then his second game, he scores not one but two goals. And the second one was from an absolutely nasty angle. And that just showed you, like, okay, this guy's legit in terms of he can score, and he's not afraid to put the put the puck on net. There are even times in the uh, Philadelphia game where, yeah, we know he didn't come away with any goals or anything like that, but he just has this presence of mind to shoot the puck. That's his first instinct, which is something that the Islanders as a team have really lacked. Of course, they're they're never winning the the, the shooting battle, which is fine if you're winning the game like who cares uh but it's when you're not winning the game and you're not doing that as in shooting that's when it becomes a problem because it's going well what are you doing you didn't do enough to win and you're not shooting so like what are you what are you actually doing out there so it, it is nice to have um the the positives definitely outweigh any negatives which i haven't seen i have not seen a negative for Kiefer bellows yet aside from the fact that barry trotz doesn't have full trust in him like he wouldn't for any rookie he's look uh, What's his name? Dobson has played 29 games now, 28, something like that. And he right. still doesn't have the full trust of the coach. He's been out no. there for 28 games and still it's going to take Dobson a while. Yeah, it's going to take these guys a while for sure to earn it from uh, Barry Trotz, which that might not be the absolute worst thing in the world. To me, I think this brings up a uh, a bigger issue at hand. So, Obviously, the Islanders put up five goals against the Washington Capitals. Yes, they were up early in this game. They made you sweat a little bit towards the end. But for the most part, early on in this game, they they were looking really solid. And everyone at first was freaking out, though, because Kiefer Bellows was scratched and that they decided to put Ross Johnston in and go with a more heavy-hitting lineup, fair to say. Um, but it kind of shows that if you're relying on a... 21-year-old rookie to be your offense that you probably have a bigger issue at hand. Oh, easily. I, I like how you, you, you brought up the term like heavy hitting because Ross, Ross Johnson played eight minutes and change that night against uh, Washington, had three hits. Kiefer Bellows in 11 minutes and 45 seconds against the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple days prior had five hits. Like, what are you getting? You, you brought Ross Johnson in to throw haymakers, or I guess uppercuts at uh, Garrett Hathaway. Is that worth it? Did you win the game because of that? I would say no. I don't know what Barry Trotz would say to that. But I would, would say, no. say look at the win, and uh, you have to like shrink away and go, sorry, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to question it when, when it's working out. But I agree with you. I'm not saying that I, I think that Johnson should have been in the lineup over Bellis. That's what I'm saying. The point is that if you're upset that your 21-year-old prospect who has two, at that point, three NHL games under his belt isn't in the lineup because he needs scoring, that's probably says more about what the, how, or rather how the team is constructed. Oh, 1,000. You're absolutely right there. You're 100%. You shouldn't, the fan base shouldn't be like, oh my God, how are we going to score goals because our rookie who's played three games isn't playing? Of course, we are wrong because they still scored five goals and they scored five goals the next day and he didn't do any of them. Um, But the sentiment is still there. We weren't scoring goals. I, I haven't checked the standings yet in terms of goals for in a couple of days, but I imagine the Islanders are no longer 22nd in the league. I'm sure they've risen a few spots, which is going to be nice. But there's they didn't they obviously didn't rise above the middle of the table. Uh, let me just pull it up here now as I speak out of my behind. The Islanders are ranked 20th. They they went up two spots. Okay, so there you go. That's good. They're moving in the right direction, but can they sustain it? Maybe with Kiefer Bellows in the lineup, it's it's definitely going to help. And I think that's what we're trying to paint here is that he's come in, had to do a job, and he's done it. Yeah, I mean, he's done he's done everything you could have asked him, which was my last thing that I really wanted to get in with Kiefer Bellows is, has he reached your expectations so far? Yeah, I feel weird saying that because it's only been four games, but yes, yeah, I, like he fits, he fits. Well, even when he was out there against Philly for, I, I imagine, was only eight minutes or something, maybe ten no, minutes? No, I, I think it was 11 and change, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, 
he looked great. He looked great in those 11 minutes. Uh, he, he needs, not needs more ice time, but he, the coach needs to start trusting more. Trotz needs to give him a little bit more trust and a little bit more leash. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see that for a bit, but like he had three shots on goal that game against Philly. One hit, two blocks, a giveaway, and a takeaway. Like that's pretty eventful. Playing third line minutes with Michael Del Cole and Derek Broussard. Like even though Derek Broussard had 18 minutes that night, that's crazy. That is crazy. But I, I think to me, yeah, I would answer it. Yes, he has reached my expectations, and he's done a lot well. Like yes, we like that he has that shoot first mentality, and that he seems to put himself in good positions to score goals. And to me, I think he does enough where he isn't afraid to use his body and throw it around a little bit. Like you cited, he had five hits in that one game. Um, and to me, I think that that's big because it shows Barry Trotz that it's it's like, okay, I'm not just a one-trick pony. I could play all aspects of the game, which we know how important that is to Barry Trotz. Absolutely. And that's huge, the fact that it's just, I'm not just a goal scorer. I'm not just going to come out here and start ripping shots from everywhere. I will play the system. I will play a team game. That's the only complaint they have against Oliver Wallstrom. The only reason Oliver Wallstrom isn't here is because he's not doing the things that, that Kiefer Bellows can do. He can shoot. Oliver Wallstrom can shoot. There's no question about it. It's just, can he play the team game? Can he play within the system and know his role and fit to it and, and then add that production and that, that shooting caliber to his game? Not yet, but Kiefer Bellows seems to be able to do that. So then my question to you becomes, do you think he sticks past the nine games? I think he does, yes. I think he deserves a look for sure. I, I would... It'd be weird for them to send him down now to be like, oh, yeah, look, that's good. Keep going. What? Why? Why would you do that? He, with the amount of leash that Michael Del Cole has gotten, Thank you, you. got to give Kiefer Bellows this leash because it's absolutely crazy. And we don't have to make this into a bashing Michael Del Cole segment. That's what I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to do. My point is that he, like Del Cole, plays all aspects of the game, probably more so than Del Cole, if we're being completely honest. But I, I think he provides, like we've said a million times already, he provides life to that third line, which was otherwise lifeless for the first 50 games this year. And that's it. That To me, that that's immediately something you have to keep in mind and keep this guy. Is he in the shop window? Maybe. Aren't they all um, in, a, in a certain way? Um, but I, I think that that gives you justification to keep around. You, you, what are you going to do? Send him down and be like, well, we, we liked our third line being dead on arrival. That was great. We really wanted that. No, of course not. That sounds stupid to say that. So they're going to want to keep him around to keep that third line up. Or they find someone different and send him out in a trade. Um, but I don't, I don't see that happening right now. Absolutely. I don't think that's going to happen. But to me, the Islanders are at their best with Kiefer Bellows in the lineup. So I really don't care about that extra year on the ELC. No, absolutely not. This That's the whole point of the ELC. If you can get it, use it. Absolutely. So when we come back, Mitch, we're going to get into why the Islanders are actually a desirable franchise now. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. We're talking New York Islanders hockey and why the Islanders are now a desirable franchise. Mitch, you wrote something this past week talking about that. Would you like to explain a little bit and give us some context to why we're saying this? Absolutely. So uh, Craig Cussons, uh, now of The Athletic, does something every year where he takes like agent uh, or player agent polls and he asks them a number of questions. And one of them is, which two teams or which teams are more likely to land on a client's no trade list? So what teams are players not wanting to go to? And four years ago, the Islanders were the third highest ranked team on no trade lists in the NHL, according to his player poll. So most players, the third team that they would usually include were the Islanders. Now, four years later, they're nowhere to be found in this list. So here are the lists or here are the, the teams that most frequently make it on no trade lists in order of, of appearance or, or of popularity or not really popular. You know what I mean? Right. Winnipeg, Ottawa, Edmonton, Buffalo, and then it drops down considerably to Columbus, Montreal. And then there's a bunch of teams here with one. So like they make it, but not really. Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey, Rangers, San Jose, Toronto. Okay. The Islanders are nowhere to be found there. Maybe if the list keeps going, they might have one, but they weren't important enough or they didn't, they didn't have enough here to even mention. So let's even assume they have one. They're on par with Toronto. 
And Toronto apparently is going to get anyone that and everyone that's ever played in the NHL to go there. So yeah, why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to go play in Toronto? So at the very least, the Islanders are as desirable a franchise, according to no trade list, than the Toronto Maple Leafs and San Jose Sharks or the New York Rangers for that fact. The Rangers, that's yeah. huge. No, those are some big market teams and some teams who, I mean, let's face it, Toronto and the Rangers, huge markets. San Jose, I mean, they're in the playoffs every year. We know they they never gun anywhere most years, but they're, they're in the mix just about every single year. These are big-time programs. Absolutely, and that that's a big thing for the Islanders, just the metamorphosis of what happened from four years ago. We're not talking about 10 years in the making. We're talking about four. Within four years, players have gone like, I don't ever want to go there, to like, yeah, I, I definitely go there. Yeah, if, if they ask for me, I'd say sure. That's huge. That's ridiculous. So what do you think the biggest reason for that is? It has to be strong ownership. It really comes down to that, right? Like, not only did it four years ago, where were we? Gar Snow was at the helm. Uh, Jack Capuano was still uh, uh, behind the bench. No one knew what the hell was going to happen with John Tavares, if he was going to stay or not. And, you know, that was that pendulum was hanging over our head. Uh, we were still a good team, right? Like, we had just, that was our 100 point season, wasn't it? Four years ago? Uh, so, four years ago was 2015 16. That was when the Islanders, point. yeah. 100-point season, second round of the playoffs. So back-to-back 100-point years, still no love. We didn't know where we were going to play, right? Like, we were at Barclays, but even then, that wasn't going well at all. Like, they didn't want us around, and we didn't want to be there. So that's always good news. Uh, And that that all plays into fact. And since then, Ledecky and Malkin come in or become uh, majority owners. They secure Belmont. They bring in Lulemarello. Barry Trotz is there. They go to the playoffs year one, even without Tavares. They have another. They have a 103-point season, the most in an 82-game season since God knows when. Um, and one of oh, they they have a new practice facility. All of these these commitments by ownership, it's huge. I mentioned Belmont, did I? I mentioned that. <laughs> yes, you did mention Belmont, but that it's worth mentioning multiple times because. That's huge for the New York Islanders. I know it's not Nassau Coliseum, and some people are upset with that, but the -the state-of-the-art facility at Belmont is going to be tremendous. And to me, I think it's the best of both worlds because, yes, it's still Long Island, it's still Nassau County, but it's also a little bit more uh, Long Island Railroad accessible. So it'll benefit those who you know, aren't necessarily from Long Island that are going to be going to games. I'm glad you brought up the LIRR uh, because that's an important factor in this new arena, not only because they're building it, but as we just found out, there's a 25 uh, no movement. Oh God, I'm, 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 I'm screwing up the word here, but like they essentially have an ironclad deal where it says the Islanders can't leave Belmont for 25 years. Perfect. Which is fine. Like no one wants to. Why would we want to do that? There are two reasons for them not to stay, uh, or, or sorry, two reasons or two ways that they can break the deal without having to pay a penalty. Otherwise, if they leave within the twenty-five years, they have to pay a penalty, um, which again they won't because why would they leave? But the two reasons, uh, God, the second one is essentially not essentially. It's literally if the LIRR is not built by twenty twenty-four, they can go. That's how important this is, the LIR station is to this deal. If they don't build that station at Belmont within four years from now, the Islanders can leave Belmont. No, no questions asked, no penalties. That's, I mean, that's huge. That, like, like you said, it, it's such a big deal um, and, and because it matters to the fans of the West. You know, from the city and beyond, and we know that there's fans in Jersey and stuff like that, and a lot of people are going to be taking the Long Island Railroad, but at the same time, you could also have the option for tailgating and, you know, driving to the game, too. It's the best of both worlds. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Thank you. Um, So all these things together combine to form some sort of Ultron. I guess the head of Ultron in this this case is going to be um, uh, the Belmont, but Mm -hmm. uh, the Belmont, Belmont, there's no the there. Um, although that's a pretty good name. Anyways, the head of Eltron in this case is going to be Belmont, and then players are now thinking, all right, well, I can go there. Not only because they have a firm home for the next 25 years, but they also have a guy at the top who knows what he's doing. They have a guy on the bench who knows what he's doing as well, and they're winning. Why the hell wouldn't I go there? They're also paying players, they being the owners, right? Like, they re-upped Lee, they re-upped Eberle, they re-upped Nelson at decent prices. Like, we're talking millions of dollars. 
that yeah. players look at that and go like, they're going to pay me and I'm going to win. Why the hell wouldn't I go there? I don't think they have an issue spending to the cap. No, exactly. Which is perfect because we know for how long that they were struggling to reach the cap floor. That's right. That That's big. We were Ottawa senators for a while. Exactly. So uh, to me, I agree with you 100%. You took the words out of my mouth with this whole segment, really. But just the fact that it starts with the owners and them creating this really stable environment for all the reasons you just listed. Lula Marilla, what he's done in the past. Barry Trotz, who I think you can make the case is the best coach in the NHL. Uh, new arena, new practice facility. They've done so many good things, and to me it starts with ownership. It really does. And I think they're doing a good job of selling Long Island. They, they, they brought in the, um, the, uh, the alumni. That's huge just for, for the fan base, but what I'm trying to go with this is that when you talk to the alumni for the Islanders, you, you hear a lot of, like, we loved living there. We loved being there. It's not like we, we're in Winnipeg, and then when the summer comes, we're out. No, it's they're here all like they they lay the brutes down because when you right when you consider what hockey players want, they want to play in a big market, but they also want to be left alone. And on Long Island, you get the best of both worlds where you can play yep. in a big market. Again, if, if Long Island formed its own state, you said it'd be like the eighth most populous state in the U.S. Some, something like that. There used to be an old commercial. I think it was 11th, but yeah, something like that. Something like that. There's a lot of people that live on Long Island, and there's a lot of people that live outside of Long Island that can get to Long Island relatively easily. It's a big market. And if you just leave, if you just go somewhere else, like, I don't know, Hempstead, Montauk, right? That's a place. That's two very different places, but yes. I'm just listing Long Island places, all right? Uh, I was trying to think of uh, of another one. Uh, Patchog? Patchogue? Yeah, you got it. Pat- Patchogue, yes. Yes, I got it. Um, you can go and live and have, you know, a relatively obscure life. Like, you can live the suburban lifestyle and be an NHL player. You can't yeah, get because- that if you live in Ottawa. You can't. You will be bugged if you go anywhere here. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, think about it. Long Island, you could be a 30-minute train ride from the city and then also a 15-minute drive to any beach you want. And, I mean, an hour out to Montauk and the Hamptons, but no matter where you are pretty much. But uh, that's not crazy far. To, to We know how popular the Hamptons are with, you know, athletes and celebrities and stuff like that. Exactly. You get really the best of both worlds once you find out, right? A lot of people say like, oh, Long Island, great. I'm not in this. I'm not in the actual. I'm not in Manhattan. Blah, blah. All right. Well, do you really want to be in Manhattan? I don't know. Like, that's cool sometimes, but obviously sometimes you want to get away from that. That is Long Island. Why don't you just do that and go into the city whenever you feel like it? I know I'm biased because I grew up and live on Long Island, but to me, I I think it's the best of both worlds for the reasons like we just said, because if you want to go into the city, like I said, quick train ride away, you can live that suburban life and you can live that, if you're an athlete, that luxury life of getting out there to the Hamptons and schmoozing up next to all the actors and actresses and stars and stuff like that. Yeah, To me, it's the perfect blend of everything. Everything is coming together and it's clear just by this no trade uh, poll. Obviously, this isn't definitive. This isn't going through every player's no trade no trade list, but this is a good indicator. And the the difference, the wild swing from just four years, um, is indicative of where this franchise is headed. Absolutely. So with that, unfortunately, we have to get into a topic that's going to hurt the Islanders. So Casey Sezikis is going to be out for the next three or four weeks because of a laceration that he suffered in the game last night against Philly. As a result, the Islanders have called up Cole Bardro. I mean, Mitch, obviously a big-time loss for the Islanders here. If he was out one game, it was a big-time loss for the Islanders. He does so much for them. We've talked about how their defense is, is something that they pride themselves off but and that they don't shoot a lot because they, they spend a lot of time in their own zone. Well, Casey Zekas is a big factor in that in terms of generating offense from defense. He spends over 60% of his shifts or starts over 60% of his shifts in the defensive zone and still generates offense. He's one of those guys that Barry Trotz trusts to say, get us out of this jam, get the puck going the other way. And he does it successfully every time. No, he does. And I think you said it perfectly. He does everything for this team. 
He can score. I know he's not going to put up Matt Barzell numbers or Brock Nelson numbers, but he can hold his own offensively, which I think is fair to say. He is a phenomenal penalty killer. I think he's the best penalty killer on the Islanders. He can pretty much do it all for for this team, like like we said. And they're going to miss him. He's their, probably their best face-off guy. Yep. He, he does everything. He's the beating heart of the team. He really is. He may not be the soul of the Islanders, and you could probably sell me that, that he is. He's at the very least the beating heart. Like He drives everything for the Islanders, and when he's not there, it's obvious. No, it 100% is, and I know in a vacuum you could look and say, man, you lost, the team lost their fourth-line center. Are they going to crumble? Well, he is so much more than just your generic fourth-line center. And I mean, look at what happened when Martin and Clarbuck missed time. Or when they had to put just Leo centering that line, it's not the same. And they're with the issues that they're having on the third line at the center position specifically, as we know, Brassard has been miles better on the wing than at center. You're really down. You have two very solid centers in Brock Nelson and Matt Barzal, but after that, it's two question marks in Cole Bardreau, who I liked in his small sample size, but again, it's a question mark, and Derek Broussard, who's been very, very streaky for the Islanders. Yeah, he, um, Cole Bardreau is a poor man's cases as he is, and that's not an insult. That's uh, maybe not. Uh, anyways, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, yes. Cole Barjo is a good replacement for Casey Zekas. He fits in well. He does what Casey Zekas does. Uh, he does it just to the same degree. He's just not as efficient as Zekas. So in terms of like-for-like replacement, great. I just worry on how long this is going to last. Again, like he's out three to four weeks. We're not talking about three or four games. We're talking about like 12 to 15 games here. That's a lot. Like, that starts to wear on a team when the heart of the team is now gone. So not only have we lost Casey Zekas, but we also have to remember that Adam Pellick is gone. This is going to take a huge adjustment for the Islanders to figure out what they're going to do, not only in game one, but game 12, like, and, and have it work. Like, this is going to be a big adjustment for them, not having Casey Zekas out there. No, it, it definitely is. And I think you're going to see that against Nashville tomorrow when, when their next game is, obviously. I think it's going to take some time uh, for that line to regain its chemistry because we talked about it, like I wrote about today, actually, fourth line Leo, how much we love fourth line Leo. But that line's going to need some time to get readjusted as we're going to assume, obviously, that the line's probably going to be uh, Martin, Bardro, and Komarov, no? Yeah, I would have a hard time arguing against that. I've I've seen other people suggest other things, like Ryan suggested that uh, MDC be on the fourth line. I'm cool with all of these things, as long as they work. As long as we don't have Matt Martin and Ross Johnson on the ice at the same time, I'm fine. Um, But they they got to find something that works and and have it gel right away to, at at the very least, make me feel comfortable. Because right now, I'm not comfortable, uh, specifically because of what you mentioned earlier, where we really only have two centers now. And that's not good, because you need four. Yes, definitely need four. And... What we were just finally getting was the ability for the Islanders to roll four lines again, and now I feel like you're losing that with the loss of Casey Zizekas. One thousand percent. We do not. We do not have that. Like, yes, you can put Leo there, or you can put Cole Barger there. Mm-hmm. Are they as good as Zizekas? No, they could no. do a good job, uh, and they could at least uh, lessen the blow. But they're they're not going to step in and be like they're not. I'm sorry, they're not going to step in and be Casey Zekas. Like you couldn't put a Casey Zekas jersey on Cole Brodero and think, oh yeah, that's definitely Casey Zekas. No, you would see the differences on the ice. For sure, and I think you summed it up pretty good when you said that he's a poor man's version of Zekas, which is which is true. I mean, he's replacement level for Zekas. Compliment. That was the word I was looking for. I don't know why it took me. Th- what is it, five, ten minutes to think of a stupid word? Unbelievable. I'm so slow today. That's all right. Didn't, I did not get sleep last night. My son peed the bed last night for the first time in a long time. It was not a good night to, to try to fall back asleep. Unbelievable. Sorry. I'm sorry, Mitch. Dad, dad duties is not fun. It's fine. It happens. It's, it's, again, it's the first time in like two years. So whatever. Okay. I'll take it. He was, on a, he was on a good run. He was on a good run. I think he just had too much water right before bed. What's the Seinfeld line? Vomit, th- vomit free since '93. Sure, something like that. Yep, I'm not that versed on on Seinfeld. Something like that. 
I'll, um, I'll believe you. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, I just think it was important for us to highlight this injury, obviously, because it is a big loss for this team. And uh, it's going to take a little bit of adjustment period, which I think is the main takeaway here. So I've seen people suggest online that now we have to go and get Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. Where do you sit on that? I, I'm i at the same. Like my, It hasn't changed for me. Right. My level hasn't changed based off this injury. I still feel the same way. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way. I understand why you would want Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we don't, we shouldn't get him uh if we can get him for a decent price sure of course you do that anyways regardless of cases Zekas. does this push the needle forward in terms of trying to get Jean-Gabriel Peugeot I I wouldn't necessarily go there just yet um it seems that the third line might, might be working so maybe we wait a little bit but um I still try to get Jean-Gabriel Peugeot but I'm not desperate yet I'm not desperate we'll see how yeah. we'll see how it works in Nashville right we'll see well, really, over the next week, what happens? Yeah, I, th- I think if things don't go well on the road, then people calling for uh, Lou to desperately get Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, you'll see me catching a, try catching a ticket. I- I'm going to be joining the bus as soon as that happens. If we come back from the road trip and we're running two lines and they don't look good, I'm joining the bus. I'm joining the Jean-Gabriel Peugeot bus. Absolutely. So with that, Mitch, shall we get into the quiz segment? Yes, let's do that. As you know, it is the Dmitry Nabokov, the other Nabokov edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So, Matt, I will ask you three questions about the other Nabokov. Are you ready? Ready. Question one. What position did he play? We know what the other one played, so... Unlike his brother, he played defense. Incorrect. He was a right wing. <laughs> Common mistake. <laughs> of course. Question number two. How many points did he score? So we know he's played He played 30 games for the Islanders. How many points did he score in those 30 games? Five. Thirteen. Four goals, nine, nine assists. Not too okay, bad. That's not bad. Okay. Last one. How did the Isles acquire Dmitry Nabokov? I'm going to say a trade. Oh, yes. They Can you name the team? What team did they trade with then? This is a sub, a sub point, so 3.5. Can I get a, a year as a hint? 1998. Buffalo? Incorrect. It's fine. That was that was for extra merit. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, yeah, I would have never gotten that. So they traded, they being the Islanders, traded J.P. Dumont and a fifth-round pick that turned into Francis Bélanger. Didn't really ever do much. Played 10 games in the NHL. Straight up for Dmitry Nabokov. Not straight up. Those two assets for Dmitry Nabokov. Okay. And, and, and Nabokov went on to score 13 points for the Islanders. J.P. Dumont, by the way, went on to score 523 points in 822 games in the NHL. So, Thank you, Mike Milbury. <laughs> Real bad. Oh, brother. Classic Mike Milbury. Well, thank you for the update on the other Nabokov. I would not have remembered him as a New York Islander if we didn't do this. It's a fleeting cameo. 30 games. It was four in the, the season where they got him, because it was near the end, and 26 the next year, and that was it. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, when we come back, Mitch, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We're talking New York Islanders hockey and specifically what's trending on Isles Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us? Uh, first one is from Isles uh, at Isles RW saying it has been 395 days since the last time the Isles lost a regulation season game. Uh, sorry, a regular season game in regulation at the Barclays Center. That's insane. Wait, how long has it been? It says th- he says 395 days. I don't imagine that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true, but it does feel like they always either lose in overtime or are winning these games. Yeah. 
So, yeah, apparently the last time they lost in regulation was January 12, 2019 at the Barclay Center. I mean, it's certainly possible. I, they, they, remember, they, they played most of the games at the back end of last year at the Nassau Coliseum, and they played a lot of the front end games of this season at the Nassau Coliseum. So, like, they, right. there probably isn't a lot of are many games there to play. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I really do. So, I'm with you. So, I, I have not verified fact checked this. I'm just, if this is true, oh man. Although, like, I have no reason to believe it's not. There we go. I got a couple okay. for you. Not quite Islanders related, but they will be. Okay. So, the first one. Did you see, I know you're a big tattoo guy. Did you see Robin Leonard's tattoo? I did. I definitely did. What, what are your thoughts? It was great. Uh, what is there to not like about that tattoo? I don't know. I just I I just wanted to get your opinion. So he got a neck tattoo of Long Island. I love it. I think it, you know he's paying homage to a place that really you know he it was the year in which he turned his life around, and it holds a special place in his heart. And we we know how Islanders fans feel about him. So uh, I I think it's you know phenomenal that he he wanted to put that on his body and you know remember his time here on Long Island, and I think it looks cool, too. Yeah, I saw a lot of Toronto fans hating it. Hating it. Like, oh, what an ugly tattoo. It's an outline. It's not It's not in the right... Um, it's not justified right, because the tattoo itself runs essentially, like, from his ear down the side of his neck, which isn't how Long Island is aligned on the map. Obviously, it runs east, uh, west-east instead of north-south, but that doesn't matter when you're getting tattoos. Like that that's not how it works. Like, oh, I want it exactly how it is on the map. That's not how it works. Yeah, I don't. Also, if I he did imagine. that, it would go from like his Adam's apple to the to the back of his neck. And That'd clearly he just doesn't want anything on the front of his neck. So, I don't understand Toronto fans having to hate on that. Like, oh, that's not how Long Island looks on a map, eh? What a bunch of hosers. I just wanted to get your take on it because I know I know you're a tattoo guy too, so I wanted to see what you thought of if it was a nice piece or not. It's per, it's an outline. It's not it's nothing crazy. It's a neck tattoo, so already boss move because like I, I would never get one. Not because I don't think they look nice, just because I'm a big wump wump wimp. I was gonna say wuss and wimp at the same time. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't get one on my neck. I don't think I could deal with the pain on my neck. I'm fine most other places, just not not there. Um, the sentimentality of it is really what gets me because clearly this means a lot, enough to etch it on his body for the rest of time. Uh, and that, that's important. Uh, and even though he was only here, what felt like a hot second, he was here a year, but that, that's how powerful his stay was. Again, it brings me back to that meme from Reddit a while ago that the, Robin Leonard had a larger cultural impact on the Islanders in a year than John Tavares had in nine. It's true. And they, exactly, it is. So, case in point, that tattoo. That that tattoo to me just proves it. So I wanted to piggyback off of that before I throw it back to you. So, Puck and Hostile had a. It's a rumor. Right? We can't confirm this, but they said that they are hearing that negotiations between the team and goalie Rob and Leonard have not gone well. So, I have taken that information and saying if I'm taking that at face value, would you? Swap Varlamov for Leonard straight up right now. Yes. 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 It's not that I don't like Varlamov. He's perfectly fine. But would I like to have a goalie that I not only enjoy as a person, but enjoy uh, his quality on the ice? Yeah, of course I would do that. I would do that in a second. Even with Varley having three more years after this year and Leonard becoming a UFA after this year. We never talked about value, but yes, absolutely. Because I think if we bring Robin Leonard in and we say, like, Robin, we're really sorry how it went. Let's figure this out. I would imagine they get something done. Lickety split. Yeah, I'm with you there. I would do this in a second. Obviously, I think both Leonard and Varley are comparable stat-wise. I'd give the slight edge to Leonard there. Um, so obviously I would do it. I would take the risk and I would say, listen, uh, Leonard, we're going to, we're going to sign you and it's going to be the Robin Leonard and, uh, Ila Sorokin show. Like it should have been all along. 
Yeah, and then run them as a rotation, one after the other. Imagine that. You have two 930 goalies you can run out there on a rotation basis. How many cops will be in that way? I'm for it. I'm all for it. I'm going over this RW thing of 395 days, and I'm pretty sure it's right. Wow. I I have not seen one yet, so like, yeah, I think that's right. I don't know why. Again, I had no reason to doubt it. I'm just going in to make sure that there, there's not like some joke meme because like I'm really bad at reading online jokes. I'm really bad at it. I'm out of touch completely. So I don't know if maybe this is meant as sarcastic or something, but clearly not. It's clearly true. And that's insane. No, that is wild. So uh, my last one here is from Isles MSG. Of course, good follow if you haven't been following already. And they have, like you mentioned last week, uh, the split screen <clears throat> between... Um, Brendan Burke and what's going on on the ice. And it's when uh, he scores, he being uh, Kiefer Bellows, his second goal of the night. And just the okay. smile on his face, on Brendan on uh, Brendan's face when he scores. It's incredible. It's perfect. <clears throat> no, it, it is. I love it. And I know he tried to be all professional about it, and he is extremely professional. He said that I know wins and losses aren't really, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said wins and losses kind of like come and go, but moments like that, you they really stick with and you can't help but be happy for him. And I know that as a broadcaster, you're supposed to stay neutral down the middle or whatever, but that's such a big moment. I love seeing the smile too. Yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. Recognizes the moment and figuring it out and just amazing. I think we've already mentioned it because uh, I think it was on the, um, the post game pod because Butch is pointing on the ice. Yep. Love it. <laughs> and he looks, he looks at Brendan like, Hey, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> He's yelling about it right now, Butch. Come on, man. Yeah, move your finger so that you so that the play-by-play guy can see what's happening, please. God, I love him. Uh, it's good dynamic between those two. Absolutely. Anything else in the social segment, Mitch? That's all I've got. All right, so let me get a couple plugs in before we hop on out of here. Wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Really appreciate all the love and support as now we're climbing over 130 podcasts. It's crazy how long we've been doing this. 130. And just this, we have 82 post-game podcasts from last year, plus another 55 from this year. Mailbags. Oh, man, we were on the mic a lot. We absolutely are. And, uh, of course, wherever you are... Um, following along with us, a social media platform of your choice. We are on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could visit the website, Eyes on Isles.com, or you could download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. And of course, we got to plug it one last time. If you're interested in post-game shows, mailbag shows, we're going to record the mailbag show, answer all your questions after this episode right here. You can catch that for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Mitch, episode number 130 in the books. It was a fun one. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, Matt. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.